It's the real hip hop. Hip hop. The real hip hop. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. In this episode, I talk to Brooklyn rapper Justo the MC. Justo teamed up with Scottish producer Braille Staff to make one of the most important albums of 2023, Urban Testimony. Urban Testimony details a year in Justo's life where he left the New York to attend college in Atlanta and is faced with several life-altering experiences. On this show, I talk to Justo the MC about the details of his bad trip, hearing a voice from a higher power, working with Braille staff, and their new album, Urban Testimony. Okay, what made you want to tackle this part of your life for Urban Testimony? Um, it's, it was something that was on my mind for a long time. Uh, it was obviously a situation that, um, was life changing, life altering, life awakening. Like it gave me so much perspective on life. And I always had the idea of wanting to put it into song form. Right. But, you know, um, something that condensed is like, how do you make a whole album out of it? You know what I mean? So it, it took me a while to really try to figure out how can I do this without it feeling redundant or like, you know, boring, but being true to what it what it was and the scenario that happened. And so, um, yeah, it was something that was always on my mind. It was just a matter of how I was going to execute it, you know? Yeah. So how'd you hook up with Braille staff and decide to do this album? Um, it was by chance. Braille staff and I had connected a couple of years prior to me writing this album, which was actually in 2017, I believe I started writing this album. So, it, you know, it came out this year, but it, it, it's been in the works for a while. Um, but I met Braille staff via the internet, maybe 2014. Um, and uh, he had found me, you know, just off of SoundCloud or where, wherever he had found me from. Um, uh, where I was just doing my thing. And he was, you know, he was one of the because he's not he's from. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, where is my man from? Sorry, bro. Staff, don't be mad at me. Uh, he's from the UK and Scotland. Um, and so, you know, I've been getting a lot of international love, a lot of international producers. Um, I've worked with. And so he was one of them who hit me up. And uh, yeah, from that point, he had started sending. We were working on a couple of things, but we never really finalized anything. And then that year, 2017, is when he started sending me stuff uh, that kind of brought the idea for that particular album. Um, and that's where it started. That's exactly where it started. So, um, yeah. So what was the process like? recording the album um so it's interesting because a lot of the skits within the album actually came were already on the beats uh there were a couple of skits that i had added but a lot of the skits and the little intricate parts of the album 
were a part of the instrumentals that he had sent me. So it kind of was already speaking to even like this song, like um, um, trying to think of what song in particular. Uh, not Dark Room. Dark Room, as a matter of fact, Dark Room, the ending of Dark Room, that skit was already a part of the beat when he gave it to me. Um, the ending of Satan's Grip was already a part of the beat when he gave it to me. Like, so a lot of the the beats kind of dictated like, oh shit, like I could really paint a picture and I, I could use this album to tell, I could use these beats to tell this story. It just kind of clicked. Like I was listening to him and I was like, oh man, like I, I, I can, I, I think, I, I think this is the album. I think this is the the producer I'm going to work with to, to finally put this idea together. And so everything was done at home. I did everything, you know, in my own studio, uh, my own setup. Um, I had a little bit of help with the engineering part, but mainly did it, you know, uh, on my own. It was one of my first projects I did. Everything kind of on my own. It was during the pandemic. Uh, we went through several processes of like some of the beats are brand new. Like I, he gave me some uh, beats uh, before that I was like, they were tough to mix and they were, had a lot of stuff going on. So I was like, yo, send me a new batch and I'm gonna see what I can do. And so some of the beats aren't even the original beats from the, the first draft that we put out, that we that we were gonna put out. Um, so it was, it was a, from 2017 to the year we dropped, we, it was a long process to get everything like how we wanted it. A large part of the album deals with your bad trip after drug exposure mm -hmm. on the song satan's grip you capture the terror of going through that vividly mm -hmm. do you remember everything that happened during that time and are you still affected by that exposure god i'm sorry please i messed up chasing this lust i put faith in the wrong substance now my angels are dust these voices telling me i'm finished are they lying or what i tried to do the right thing bro you defying as fuck yo i ain't talking to you well guess what nigga now i'm in charge you had a lot of time to change now you here crying to god pathetic yo fuck your message man i swear i'ma change don't let me die like this don't leave my mama in pain i swear i just smoked a blunt I ain't asked for cocaine And whatever the hell else got me feeling insane I'm out here screwing all these girls with only one on my brain I don't want her to see me die like this and all my shame Bro, you lame, it's time to finish you and fuck your potential So sad, you was stop nice, your little words with a pencil Messing with you, had a racist Ready to meet your maker, guess who? It's yours truly, say hi to Lord, I'm begging you take my hand. It's a bad detour. I know this ain't in your plan. My life be more than this, more than a conqueror. I'm a man. You get me out of this. I always follow your command. Damn. What's the thing I used to say before I sleep? If I should die before I wake, I pray my soul for you to sleep. I'm feeling like I'm drifting, man. This feeling got me weak. I'm sorry for all my sins. If these the last words I speak, I thought you loved the sin. I thought you loved the lust. What you gon' blame is on depression, oh man. I heard enough for yo. I thought you loved the fire, living dangerously. Now what happened? Change your mind. You can't hang with us, G. I smell pussy. Is that you just? Is that you just? I sound pussy. Is that you just? Fine. Keep this nigga yo corny as fuck. Um, I do remember everything that I said in the song, uh, especially specifically that song, was definitely exactly how it went. Some of the things that I felt, 
some of the things, the voices that I heard. Um, and yes, I remember it still to this day pretty vividly. Um, I, uh, I'm not affected by it anymore because I've, I've dealt with it. I've, you know, taken, I mean, this was like, like 15 years ago. So there's a lot of, of reflecting and like going through it and just, you know, so no, those things don't affect me at all. I don't even think I would have been able to write it the way I did if I was still affected. Um, that's sensitive or that sensitive to it. You know what I mean? So I've had a lot of time to process it and, uh, obviously put it in, in song form. On the song Falling, a voice comes to you and says, use that failure for fuel and let it burn in you. Mm -hmm. Did a voice actually come to you and encourage you to keep going? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's what led to uh, Dark Room. The whole idea of Dark Room was uh, after I, everything that happened on campus, I stayed with my grandparents because it, so the school was in Clark Atlanta. Uh, my grandparents live in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And so I had to lie, basically, and say, you know, like, I just wasn't feeling well and try to, like, act like they could, you know, try to act like I wasn't, like, high or something to get to their house so I can kind of detox myself. Um, and that whole week, I was, like, literally going through hell. Like, and I was in a room. I was in the – they have, like, several rooms at their house, but I was in the, the furthest room, the back room. I call the song Dark Room because literally, like, I wouldn't put the lights on. I was just in the dark. And, um, yeah, a voice actually came, like, a, like spiritually, like, I felt like a voice came to me and said, you know, to keep pushing, use your, use your tools, basically, to speak to the masses, give your gifts to the world. Like, because at that time, I was playing around with the music thing for, for a long time. Um, and uh, I think I was at a point in my life where I was at a crossroad where I was either going to take it seriously I was going to keep bullshitting and, and, you know, just not even taking music seriously, but not taking life seriously. You know what I mean? And so that was like a really come to Jesus moment, so to speak, like in real form, where it was like, you know, my higher power was basically like, yo, you got to get it together. Like push forward. Like if you trust me, push forward, do what you need to do, but you got to get it together or this is going to be your fate basically. So it was a very powerful moment for me, a very out-of-body spiritual moment. And that's why this album captures so much of that dialogue between good and bad. And, and, and you know, um, like if you notice, there's a couple of songs where I have that, Satan's Grip, I'll Be Falling as well, where you hear these voices coming back and forth to me, you know, telling me, you should do this, you should do that, almost like the good and evil on the TV shows. Like it was in real form, like really happening to me while I was down there. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a real voice that came in, in that song. That's pretty powerful. Were you afraid? Um, no, I was. You know why? Because I was already in such a vulnerable state. You know, I mean, when you're I don't know if you've ever been in that scenario of like being laced or being like where you can't control yourself you don't know what's happening because i you know i was late i was just smoking weed i didn't know there was anything else going on with it so once these reactions started happening and then they wouldn't go away like the, the reactions i was getting from it wouldn't go away i was like i was already in a place of panic i was already in a place of fear you know if anything the voice was calming you know what i mean it calmed me down because i was already in a place where i'm like i don't i don't know what's going on with my mind i don't know what's going on with with you know 
of how I'm feeling right now. So if anything, the voice was a sense of comfort. On the song Dark Room, the chorus asks, do you believe in God or do you trust in man? Mm -hmm. How difficult was it to maintain your faith during such a trying time? Ever had the feeling you up, but you still snooze. My body fighting demons. I'm never trying to lose, but today I'm confused. I take a page from Confucius, have my virtues be truest. I was living like truants, nothing got in my movements. I reside with the foolish, lost on my blueprint. See things in the shadow when you stuck in illusions. I got, I got last night's trauma. Told me keep faith, we'll pray, it'll be okay Just get your shit together, balance out each day That's tough love, I needed just a kick to the ass Slowly losing my mind, shit, I'm late for class Can't this be the thing that happens when shit hits the fan? Do you believe in God? Do you trust in You know what, what made it easy for me is that I isolated myself. I think if I would have stayed on campus, if I would have stayed around everybody, um, that would have made the situation more difficult for me. And it did when I can't, I had to eventually get my stuff together and go back on campus. And that's when I ran into a lot of issues post the scenario. Um, but while I was going through it in the heightened, like the heightened state of it, me getting away from everybody and going to my grandparents' house and them leaving me alone and letting me do my thing and just get myself together, like that helped me tremendously. That helped me tremendously to not uh, mix signals between what, you know, the students, the other kids, the people I was around was telling me and what this higher power, my spirit, my, you know, uh, my inner was telling me I needed to do. So getting that time to separate from the two definitely helped me. Um, within that time frame. Did your grandparents have any idea what was going on? Um, not at first, no. My my mother did, because I called my mom. I definitely called my mom back in New York and let her know what was going on. And But I didn't want to tell my grandparents because I was so, you know, uh, I was just embarrassed. You know what I mean? I'm coming down there to to go to school they're proud of me they're like you know my grandson's in school he's doing his thing and i'm you know not doing my thing you know so and um i i was more comfortable telling my mother because we just had that kind of relationship you know i didn't i didn't want to tell my grandparents that eventually they found out and eventually i had to tell them and, you know but yeah uh, uh initially no they had no idea i just tried to front it off you know like i was i was sick or something this album isn't entirely dark. Um, love is another theme of Urban Testimony. Yeah. Um, the song Is She just feels so good to me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Tell me what you thought. What, what, what did you feel when you first heard that beat? She 
shit, damn papi, I never seen a face like that, that, that uh, You fine, baby, holla right back And I did quick with the quickness Soon as I got them digits, young and dumb Eager as fuck, you got my witness I try to and try to never hurt back Shit, I'm like, fuck that Hopped on a train, week from that day To the Bronx I sat I went and changed just to get back to you Who would've known in just three months You had me fucked up in blue, who, you? Probably what you felt like that, just that, 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 um, it just had a magical feel to it. It had such a, you know, Brustev has a great way of just molding his beats where you can tell that it's a rawness to it, but there's just an authenticity to it, you know, like to the sound, like he doesn't try to, uh, take away from, uh, the samples he uses. You can tell he's just trying to basically let the sample just use him. And uh, and so that's what I felt when I heard that joint. I just felt like I got to do something that's about a lady. Like the, when I heard it, I was just like, and then you have the French guy talking in the beginning. I'm just like, oh, man, I got to I got to do something that kind of connects with the ladies. The funny thing about Ishii is that it's it's not really a positive song. That's the crazy thing, because it's more about like wanting to fall in love with someone but constantly getting like not rejected but like like it's not working out it's clearly not working out but is she the one that's why the song's called is she because it's like was it this girl was it that girl and at that time i was doing a lot of that like just dating around not really realizing what i was looking for but just you know doing the young guy thing and um but that yeah that beat to you to to your point is just it's magical so i knew i had to do something to 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 talk about the ladies, but at the same time, kind of mask it where people didn't really realize it was like more of a negative song about love than it was like me like actually falling in love with someone. You know what I mean? But I wanted to kind of mask it so it, it still had that feeling and it still had that vibe. Oh, and by the way, shouts out to um, my man Preem who did the hook. The hook originally I did myself. Believe it or not, I sang it myself. And it wasn't bad, but I was like, man, it would just, I feel like it would make more sense if I had a vocalist on it. Like I'm in the background somewhere on it. I don't know if you, if anyone could actually could tell, cause I kind of put me pretty low in, in the background, but, um, but I, I reached out to him during the pandemic. Um, and, uh, and he, he killed it. He totally killed it and just brought it to life. So shout out to Prem. What has the response been from your family and loved ones to urban testimony? Um, it's a great question. Um, I remember my dad actually contacted me the other day and he was actually at a loss for words. It's funny because I've played this album for my family before when it was at its like younger stages. And, um, I'm sure they, you know, I mean, I play stuff for my family all the time. I've been doing it so long. So they hear stuff, it's here and there, whatever. But I think at its completion, 
like it brought my family, like my mom and dad, definitely they they heard it differently because they know this part of my life, you know, and I think it hit them different to hear it from my perspective because they can only go off of you know what I was telling them at the time and what was going on at the time, but now that so much time has gone by and they can hear it and they can see it in a whole different lens from my perspective, like intimately from my perspective. Like they were, you know, they were definitely taking a bat. My dad was just at a loss of words. He was, he was like, you know, I, I, I didn't even realize some of the things that you were going through during that time frame. You know, we were there, but we weren't there, you know, and they literally weren't there because, you know, all of this was happening in Georgia and my, both my parents were in New York uh, at the time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting this, to get some of the feedback from them, specifically my mom and dad. It was, really interesting to hear their perspectives and uh, what they felt about it. Okay. What do you want fans to take away from urban testimony? Um, that's another good question. I, uh, you know, it's funny. The, the, some of the people that have hit me up have been saying something that I've, I've put out a lot of good music in, in, in my catalog. And at least I think so. And, um, but no one's ever said things like masterpiece, like, you know, like this is like beautiful, like, like art, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the way it was crafted was exactly how I wanted it to come out. Maybe because I had a hand in how it was mixed and, and uh, mastered and kind of curated and stuff. Um, you know, if I could do anything differently, I would definitely, there's, there's certain notes in the mixing I would want to change. But as far as it was how it was put together, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think people are feeling that. And that's what I want people to continue to feel is that like this was really thought out. This was really structured. Everything about it was from front to back. This is the first album I've ever done with from front to back. I was deliberate about everything I did for this album, like every single detail of this album. I made sure because I wanted the story to fit exactly what I went through. I wanted everyone to feel the highs of me going into uh, college and my expectations and then the lows of the things that happened, me going kind of sinking into the, the to you know, all the negative stuff that I was going through and then dealing with the aftermath of it and changing my perspective and the new horizon of what came afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I want people to get out of it, this full body of work that like people can understand that this is a story. Like it's not a gimmick. It's nothing in this in the album is fake. Everything is is the truth, and everything is a a big part of who I am today. All right, Justo the MC. Thank you for joining the RealHipHop.com podcast. Appreciate you always, my brother. No doubt. Peace. Peace. The real. Right now we should start the show.